The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the 16th chapter. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. And they were saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. And he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who is crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. And they went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. This is the gospel of the Lord. Those of you who watch sports of any kind, doesn't matter what the sport, do you ever watch a recording of a game that you missed? You didn't see it live in person, you didn't see it live broadcast on the TV, but you wanted to see it and you missed it and had it taped. You ever watched that, but you know the outcome of it. You know before you hit play who won. More importantly, you know that your team won, but you watch the whole game through, start to finish on your recording, all the same. I think most people of any sport, fan, whatever it is, they just want to know if their team won or not. Life's busy and you miss the game sometimes and you don't necessarily have two, two and a half, whatever it is, hours to watch the game. So you ask a friend, you check Sports Center, did they win? Did my team win? People who are a little more hardcore, of course, after knowing the score will still watch the game. They recorded it, they want to see it. They want to live through it, and they want to see their team win, not in real time, but in real time replayed. And yes, all of us probably know a few people, about a few of you fit this bill, where your team did win that particular game, and you loved it so much that you watched the game again, and again, and a few years later again. I mean, how many of you, honestly, who are diehard Cubs fans, have not gone back and watch that winning game from, what was it, 2016, whatever year it was, again, just to relive the glory that you and your Cubs fam fans, family and friends have waited for for so long. Well, all the same, when you watch that game and recording, it's a little bit of a different feel than watching it live, isn't it? Okay? When you're watching it live, you know this, anything could happen. You don't know the outcome of the game. You don't know who's going to win. You don't know who's going to get injured. Who's going to score? From one second to the next, it's all up in the air. Nothing is written. But for a game that's over and done, a game that is already played out, the score is final. It's in the record books. And moreover, a game that's done and your team won, well, that's a bit of a different feeling when you're watching it. The ups and downs of the game feel different as you're taking them in on that screen from however many hours or days ago it had been played, or at least it should feel different. Not because in the moment that the plays were happening, it wasn't real, of course, when it was playing out, it was very real, especially to the players. But because as you're watching it after the fact, the moment has passed. That game, in spite of it being real to you in the moment, is over and finished, and the outcome of it more is certain. It's set. When you know the ending already, 
And when you know that it's a win for you and your team, when you watch that game, all of the taped, uncertain points of the game, the scary parts, the nervous parts, they lose their power. I think that's true when you watch a taped game of your team winning. And it's also true for Christians as we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord, as we celebrate Easter. I don't think it's out of place or it's unfair for me to say this morning from this pulpit or to anybody at any time that we are indeed as a people, as a church, as a nation, as a culture, going through a very scary time right now. Or perhaps, it's a little bit better said to fit my analogy, we're going through a time when it really doesn't look like the good team is going to win. The world has always been, since soon after its creation at least, a very wicked place. Evil, sin, violence, death, lies, and confusion have reigned since very close to the beginning. But doesn't there seem to be an amplification, an increase in those things in these recent years? To anybody paying attention, I think there has been. The good, the beautiful, the stable backdrop that many of us in this room grew up assuming taking it for granted, is being replaced by a lot of bad things. Confusion, strife in various forms, such dark wickedness that, though the world is known, seems to be so heavy in these days. Chaos seems to be reigning. And the faith, the Christian faith that we have done so, our best to hand on to our children and our grandchildren, human biology, which you used to be able to just take for advantage, that people knew what one thing was and what it wasn't, these are under constant, persistent attack. And they're under constant, persistent attack, not just by marginal, inconsequential, unimportant people. But you ever notice they're under attack by people with power, people with influence, people with a following, they're under attack even by what should be trusted and safe institutions, things that we grew up trusting. And it's not just that these bad actors would destroy Christ's church and the society that Christendom has handed on to all of us, but they actively are destroying it. They are doing their best to wipe it all away and replace it with something much less good. Families are broken. It's almost assumed anymore. Children grow up despairing of a secure, meaningful direction in life and a happy future. Everybody has an insurmountable, seemingly, amount of personal debt, national debt in the 90s that I thought was so large, wouldn't we trade what we have today that we're handing on to our grandchildren for what we grew up or my generation grew up with back then? It's bad. It is bad, and anybody that tells you it's not, 
is just lying to you, telling you pretty lies of whatever sort. Perhaps each one of these things I've mentioned and the ones that you can think of in your own lives that you've observed or felt or experienced, they are bearable to a degree if you take them by themselves, each one in turn. But when you add them all up, put them all together, one on top of the other, that looks like we're in for an inevitable, crushing defeat. It looks like we're going to lose the game. That is to say, watching this game of life unfold right in front of our eyes, it seems as if there's no way we're going to walk off the field with a victory. And many people do think this way. And I can understand the temptation. But I would say this. To have this frame for our life and the time that God has placed us and what we see unfolding before our eyes misses this key fact. And it is the center of Christianity. Because Jesus Christ is risen from the dead, we know the outcome of the game. And it is a decisive win. Think about that first Easter, the one we read about in the gospel this morning. You have this dejected, despondent group of people, Jesus' followers, the women, the disciples, all of them, and they have that sorrow turned into joy, unbridled, unconditioned joy. The perceived loss that they had suffered a few days earlier on Calvary outside of the city of Jerusalem with the death of Jesus turned around in an instant, or at least almost an instant, as they kind of had to process everything and finally get it through their heads that, yes, that was Jesus, and yes, he is risen. Just like he said he would, three days after his death, he rose from death. And what at the time looked only like a devastating defeat to him and to them was actually just what? It was the precursor to victory. But here's the thing about this, about Easter, about Jesus' resurrection. The victory doesn't only belong to Jesus Christ. All right, to continue the game analogy, it wasn't just a successful winning play by an individual player on a team who was good for him, good for his stats, good for his points for fantasy football or whatever, but the team eventually went on to lose. No. But Jesus' resurrection is the end game for all who are his. You, Christians, all who believe in him. His resurrection from the dead means your final victory with him. The serpent's head was, in fact, crushed on Good Friday by the bruised heel of the woman's seed, Jesus. And along with his head being crushed, the serpent, all of his work was crushed with him sin and death. And how do we know that that's actually true? Because Jesus Christ rose from the dead. His resurrection has proven beyond all shadow of doubt that by his own death he has in fact conquered death. And that same victory that he celebrates is shared by us as a gift by faith. We can be certain that by his blood on Good 
Friday on Calvary, all of our sins are forgiven, and moreover, our own death itself, which seems so final and permanent, looming ahead of us whenever it is, even that's temporary. The forces of darkness, which seem to have so much sway and power in this world, they themselves are even defeated. That's the end of the game. This is the team that you're on, Christian. And Easter proves, in spite of what we see and feel and know in our lives all around us, we are in fact the champions. We are the winners. So, since we're in Cubs country, you can say it this way. Fly the W. Celebrate the win. Because Christ is risen And don't let the bad plays that you are witnessing in your own life or the world around you or on TV, don't let those bad plays dampen your spirit about the outcome. Sure, it doesn't look good. But we know the ending. We know what's in the record books at the end. We know that we win the game. And nothing's going to change that. And we can be ever certain all of the days of this life, no matter what this life and world throws at us, we can be certain with Paul that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor heights, nor depths, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen.